What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Donnie Tudal. Welcome to the Iron Money Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about mental health a little bit. Now, it might not have taken very much for some of you guys to figure out that there has been some stuff going on in my life the last few weeks that has been a result or has caused um, a bit of a downward spike in where I've been at mentally with things. And uh, while sometimes it's difficult to speak speak on and talk with people about, um, sometimes it's just the best thing to do. So it actually got to a point where I reached out to some very close friends of mine, was very vulnerable and blunt and honest about where I was at, and uh, just have kind of been working working through things uh, since that point. Now, you know, everybody that most of the time when I say something like that or when I'm in a bad spot, people are usually shocked. Um, I mean, I had no idea you were struggling. I had no idea you were not in a good spot mentally, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, yeah, man, like, (laughs) welcome to my life for the last however much time. Um, We all have our different struggles. We all have our struggles at uh, varying levels of difficulty. And uh, that's okay. Um, That's life. We just got to figure out how to do it. But I figure that the best way that I can be impactful is to share my story a little bit share you know what led up to it why is it challenging for me how do we get by what has been big for me in getting by or continuing to kind of grow and just sharing my story and my experiences a little bit um because at the end of the day um there's there's a lot of things i'm passionate about but being there reaching out and genuinely being somebody that people can count on um, to set an example, to call it how it really is, to be as uh, transparent with things as I possibly can be when it comes to like things that can help other people. And there's certain things that is just no one's business. But if I can talk on something and help people, that's obviously something that I'm going to do because that's just how I'm wired. That's how my brain works. That's how my heart works. And uh, that's a big deal to me. So how did I get to this point? Um, there's a handful of things. So about a month ago now, a very, very, very good friend of mine, um, someone that's been in my gym for a long time that I've battled through suicidal issues with, with them, um, both as a uh, supporter and someone being supported, um, finally lost his battle with that. And he took his own life. And that was, uh, that was a, very, very, very jarring. Um, that was a very jarring experience for me, um, physically, mentally, emotionally, just every, every, uh, part of me. Um, because I, I feel like I let that person down. Um, and I know that's not on me. I know it's not on the people within my gym, but it's still a feeling that is there. It is still a feeling that is there. It's still something that I have to deal with. And it's still something that I can't have that conversation with that person because they're no longer here. Even just to tell them that I love them, that I miss them, that I'm sorry um, for where they were at and that we weren't able to be better support for them. It's still a crazy situation. Um, Fast forward a couple of weeks, uh, I went down to San Diego to run the meets that we run in San Diego 
every um, end of end of July, start of August. Well, this is a year after my ex-wife and I kind of started or officially separated. And uh, I found out the truth on a lot of things that happened. And I should preface this a little bit. So actually, after we completed our divorce, uh, my ex-wife told me <clears throat> that we could get back together. <laughs> and uh, asked me to move to Missoula. Asked me to come down, uh, you know, sell the stuff that I had, move to the gym, go down there, buy property with her, blah, 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 live happily ever after, have a family, have my family back, all this stuff. And there were some questions that I had, I just want to clear it up. And uh, there were certain things that I was like, hey, did this happen? She's like, no, 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 no. I would never do that. I would never do that with these people. I would never X, Y, and Z. And I was like, okay, cool. Great. Well, come to find out in San Diego, that was all lies. And then what actually ended up happening was after she said that we could work through things, she decided to tell me that she told her whole family that I said that I was glad that her father got cancer. Now, my mother died of cancer. My grandma died of cancer. My other grandpa died of cancer. My other grandpa died of cancer. Dad's had cancer. Well, the whole family's had cancer. Most of my family has died from cancer. So that's idiotic. Um, and then it was the fact that she wanted to uh, give the opportunity to the guy that she was actually dating while she slept with me. Um, that opportunity. So that whole thing was traumatic. And that was the week leading up to my meet last December. That was a big deal. That was, that took a lot to get through. Um, but then I just found out that like, you know, all these games were played. And during that time in December, told me everything. All the people who still reach out to me on social media or when I, they see me in person, like I've seen the text messages. I have seen the congratulation cards. I have seen the social media stuff that you guys send back and forth. She showed me everything that anybody had to say about me to her. And those people are still like, oh, no, we're great. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, man, I have seen it. I have seen it. You're full of it. I have seen it. Because your homegirl showed it all to me. And then was like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just, you know whatever. Um, but so it's just so funny how that whole situation has caused so much insanity. And then when I go down there and I have some transparent conversations with people in San Diego, they're like, well, this definitely happened. Well, that definitely happened. And I'm like, well, she swore up and down on a stack of Bibles that it didn't happen. So having Doug hit and then everything on that trip hit, that was, that was a lot. That was a lot. And it doesn't even matter because I'm beyond that, but it was still extremely hurtful, extremely impactful, and made me take a huge, huge, huge step back, um, forced me to take a step back. It was like I got hit in the chest with something, and uh, it was just very jarring. And then on top of that, um, when you are in the fitness industry for a living, I'm an athlete, I'm a meat director, I'm a ref, I'm a coach, I'm a gym owner. And I'm tied into the sport of powerlifting. 
there is a lot that goes into that. a lot of personalities, a lot of managing different things. And it is insane. But, but when there are inconsistencies with that, those add up quickly, those add up quickly, especially when you have it coming from five or six different angles, but from the same thing, it's, it's, it's a lot. So, and me, I'm the type of person that's going to take on a very, very big load, overload myself, give myself a lot to do because this is how I work. Um, so right now, what I'm working towards to combat that is to take some things off my plate, get my workload down. I, I shouldn't be working 60 to 80 hour weeks. I should be working 40-ish and uh, just just pushing through, just doing that normal shit and giving myself the ability to have a more fruitful life outside of the career than within the career because that's going to create a longer, you know, I'm, I'm working to live, not living to work type of thing is what I need to be working towards. And it's been the opposite. So why is all that so challenging though right now? Well, I'm like six weeks out from the first professional meet that I've had the opportunity to be at the table for. Um, there's a lot that goes on mentally when you're preparing for something like that, any meet, but especially, uh, when I'm battling against myself so aggressively going into a meet like that, I don't care who I'm competing against because I am competing against myself first and foremost. And that's the goal, but being able to be on that platform, it's a big deal. And I'll get into that in a little bit in my purpose, but you know, sometimes situations like this make you take a step back. Like people that counted on you are killing themselves. People who you counted on and trusted with everything that you had, are lying to your face. Um, situations where you have given your heart and your soul and fierce loyalty to something and it is not exactly returned really. It makes you question your purpose. It makes me question my purpose. It makes me question like, man, why am I working so hard for something? When first off, it's not really appreciated. Second off, it's not valued by any, well, there, there's people that value it. But, on a grand scheme of things, it's like, man, like sometimes it's like, what the hell am I doing? And at the end of that, you just sit there feeling like an idiot. And it's like, why did I do that? Why did I allow myself to be put in that situation or put myself in that situation, fight for that opportunity to be in that situation just to be like, <laughs> I was stupid. I was stupid as hell. So now... That's going to ebb and flow. That's going to come and go. That's going to up and down. But when, when, it's, when you're in it, it is, it is definitely difficult. It is very, very hard. And uh, sometimes you don't know how to uh, continue to tread water and to feel like you're no longer, you know, put yourself in a situation where maybe you don't feel like you're drowning anymore. So some of the things that help me personally get by, and I've worked through, my, through some of the stuff with my therapist and things like that, but to be honest, the work that I've done with my therapist the last year, um, I decided to go back to therapy to fix the number one cause of trauma in my life, which is how I 
am in relationships. And that was it. That was, this is what I'm going to work towards. Hey, Sean, I need to address this. I need to fix this. I need to do better in this because I know that if I fix this right here, the rest of my life is going to improve. Um, I'm going to take one of the biggest things that I struggle with being me and how I have approached relationships, looked at relationships and prioritized relationships and people and relationships and I need to get better and I've done a tremendous amount of work on that but it hit me aggressively with some of the stuff that you know what like that wasn't the only thing there was a lot of things that I needed to work on and uh when some of those situations started uh presenting themselves and popping up I didn't really have the tools to properly um, overcome them, and that was a and that was just like a it was a mind blowing experience for me because it hit me hard, it hit me fast, and it hit me with absolutely zero mercy. And it caught me in a position where I was away from home. I you know I don't have the typical things that a man struggling with something would go to um, my mother, for example, usually I would call my mom, have a conversation. Well, she passed away six years ago. Grandma, when she passed away four years ago, um, other grandma, I haven't heard a word from her since my mom passed. Um, there's other pieces in my family structure, but it's not the same. You, you can't put a round peg in a square hole type of thing. And there, there's different people that are very good at different things, but sometimes it just doesn't line up with what you need in that moment. But it's perfect for what you need in a different moment. And, uh, you know, even something like a situation where a wife, spouse, family, kids, something like that, that is so by your side, intimately entwined, that it's just, it's an extension of you and you can be vulnerable and be open in that situation. And, uh, I got myself, I found myself in a situation where I didn't have any of that. And I had to reach out to a few friends and, uh, just be like, Hey, here's where I'm at. And it's not good. Um, I'm not going anywhere, but I need somebody that I trust to understand the situation that I'm in, the state that I'm in, the severity of it, not to have a conversation, not to get on a call, not to be saved, just to, hey, this is out here. I'm putting it out there that I am struggling to this degree, and that is going to allow me personally to have that support from those people which is amazing. And I'm so thankful for that. So those of you that I did reach out to, like you guys mean the world to me, but it creates an additional layer and level of accountability for myself to say, Hey, this is my problem. It needs fixed. It needs help. I need help. So the next time that I sit down with somebody like my therapist or like 
you know, vulnerable situation like that, where I know I have the ability to speak and get the help that I need from that, that I'm prepared mentally to start that journey because that's an entirely different journey than the one that I went on because I've been, I was so proud of myself. I went from every week, sometimes twice during those weeks to every other week. And then after nine months, it was once every four weeks. And I was so proud of myself because I was like, man, I graduated. Like I made improvements. I really fixed something here. And I did. And then situations arose and different things happened. And I was like, fuck, need some more help. I <laughs> got something else to work on. And that's okay. Um, but, you know, those situations like did allow me to not handle other you know, romantic situations correctly when that's what I worked my ass off for that much time to fix because there was pieces of the rest of things that I wasn't handling and that I didn't, I didn't put the work in on for, even if I didn't realize that it needed it, it didn't happen. So that's on me and it affected something that I put in a lot of work to overcome. So I am excited for the fact that I'm like, hey, like here's another piece. And it's going to allow me to be more vulnerable and be more receptive to help and having that conversation. And, you know, with some of the things I've been posting the last few days, I've had a lot of outreach. And my team has done a lot of outreach to people and talked on a lot of mental health. And uh, it's made an impact. And that's where, man, like, if you are struggling like I am struggling, there's nothing wrong with calling therapists. There's nothing wrong with calling a friend. There's nothing wrong with sitting down and having a conversation with a stranger. And just being, man, being fucking vulnerable. And what I have discovered for myself personally, when I talk to my therapist, they make me tell them, basically, <laughs> this is what I think and this is how I'm going to fix it. And they guide it. And because everyone's going to approach things differently. But when you have a professional who understands how the brain works and understands that when you're talking about X, it means this whole drop down menu of things and they can guide you to the most healthy way for your personality type and your situations, man, like that's why you get a coach. That's why you go to school, like to be taught how to do things correctly and uh, the most effective way for you. And when you go to therapy, it's the same thing. And it's from someone who has like, no, man, I don't give a fuck if it's your best friend who's a therapist or if it's a therapist that you've never met. It's unbiased. It is fiduciary. Fiduciary meaning that they have the only, their only responsibility is to put you in the best situation to succeed and help you guide you to that point. But man, what an opportunity for an externally guided tour of your own thoughts that you are basically given the tour and you have this fucking like set of bumpers that helps keep you on track. If you don't have that in your life, man, you should. And that's a huge piece. But in addition to something like that, the things that help get me by is goals. I got goals that I'm working towards and I am, I have my long-term goal and I have, 
work that sucker back. You know, for example, I mean, if I've got my five-year goals, which is my big goal, well, I've got a three-year goal. I've got a one-year goal. I've got a six-month goal, three-month goal, month goal, two-week goal, this week goal, tomorrow goal, today goal, the next six hours goal, the next hour goal, what the fuck am I doing right now goal. That's the difference. So having goals. And set yourself some goals that are damn near unattainable. Because you might just attain them. Um, another thing for me is my mission and what means something to me is so much bigger than me. There's a reason for what I do and it's, it's not myself. I have the opportunity to help a lot of people and that is a big deal. Um, I do a lot of bullshit putting on meats within the USPA. Um, I do a lot of bullshit being in the powerlifting industry as an athlete, as a ref, as a coach, as a meat director, as a gym owner, blah, 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 blah. But I get to help a lot of people and there's bullshit in everything that we do, but it allows me to open up my doors and my heart and my soul and like my life to people who need help. That's bigger than me. Now, when it comes to, you know, like me as an athlete and a meat director and things like that, a little bit deeper, not deeper, just different. Like I'm so proud to be from Montana. I'm a Montanan. This is where, this is where I'm from. This is who I am. I represent us as an athlete. I represent us as a ref. I represent us as a meat director. And I take so much damn pride in what I do um, as an athlete. First, first person to win an open national championship in powerlifting for the state of Montana. It's a big deal. I had the opportunity to go play at the highest level of football as a, someone who played high school, grew up, played college, all in the state of Montana. Um, I'm one meet away from being the first ref in Montana to be an international ref. Um, I'll, I'll just say it. Like, we run better meets, cleaner meets, than damn near anybody in the Pacific Northwest or anybody in the Northwest. And I will get some chipping out of the state of North Dakota, but we take a state that has no powerlifting in it work our asses off to get as many people to show up when there are more people that power lift in the Williston area than there are in the entire state of Montana. The amount of people that show up to a powerlifting meet does not make it a good meet or a bad meet. I've walked into a packed full meet that was trash, trash, trash refing, trash warm-up, trash announcing, trash everything about it. In different federations, but it had it was full, so it must be a great meet. No, a good meet, consistent refing, the equipment that you need, a clean setting to go in to be safe and make sure that you are able to deliver on the platform as a coach and as a competitor. And to know that, hey, when I say I'm going to start at 9 a.m., we're starting platform ready, 9 a.m., sitting there, rest ready to go, looking at the clock. 8.59, 9 a.m., platform ready. We're rolling. Bam. We're on time. You warm up with what you're going to have on the platform. 
You have refs that ref by the book and we are not giving it to lifters, things like that. I take pride in delivering some of the cleanest brand meats from that standpoint that you can get. So if you got something to say about that, go ahead, swear up on it. But the amount of pride that comes with being from Montana and outperforming people from states that, oh, we're the shit. This is the best state for blah, 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 blah. Like, that fires me up because, yeah, I am from Montana and I will go toe-to-toe with anybody, anybody as a gym owner, as an athlete, as a coach, as a ref, as a meet director. And anything that I do, I will kick your ass. And I will do it representing the state of Montana. And if I don't legitimately beat you, I will give everything that I have in that attempt to beat you. And if you beat me, that's fine. But you know what? I represented myself and I represented my state to the highest level that it can possibly be represented at. That is a big deal to me. Now, when it comes to going into a meet like the USPA Pro, you have to be top 20 in the world to get invited to that meet. There are some amazing, amazing lifters in that meet. There are some amazing lifters in my weight class. We've got eight guys in the 275. I do not give a shit where I place in that meet because the only person that I am competing against there genuinely is myself. My last meet, I totaled 2,017.2 pounds. I am going to kick my ass. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to get to watch some of the best lifters on the planet warm up next to me, sit in the lifter ready area next to me, weigh in next to me. And then I'm going to go battle with myself next to them with a seat at the table of some of the best lifters to ever lift on this planet. And I'm going to do it focusing on beating myself last time. I'm going to out-squat myself from last time. I'm going to out-bench myself from last time. I'm going to out-deadlift myself from last time. And I'm going to show up. I'm gonna, Damn, this guy's from Montana? Fuck yes, I am from Montana. Stay out of my state. There's too many of y'all in here now. Please. That is bigger than me. But when it comes down to that, I'm going to hold myself accountable to beat myself because that's the only thing I can control. I can only control what I do. I can only control my work ethic. I can only sh- control my my show. I can't control if Zach is going to show up and open at 560 pounds on bench or not. I can only control what I'm able to control. So when I catch him eventually, it's a different story. But for the meantime, I'm going to maximize my capability and get after myself. That's the only person I want to beat there. All these other guys, I'm honored to have a seat at that table to come out and represent my state, to come out and represent myself, my family, the people who support me, and the people who look up to me. I'm excited to get out there and do that. And that in itself, just saying that, that brings me a certain level of peace. But... That is one of the biggest things that I lack in my life is peace. 
and when like when, when you got everything going around you man and the hurricane's just going and you finally find yourself in the eye of that storm and it's quiet and, you, and you, you're you know there's peace around you there's all that chaos swirling but you have that peace you have that home you have that center finding that is a tremendous job but it's also tremendous opportunity and you will be surprised when you find it where you find it and how you find it um i found something that i think is going to bring me a, a lot of peace and that makes me so confident but terrified and hopeful and because I know that if, if if I can have that man it's going to be interesting it's going to be I'm going to hold on to that I'm not going to let that go I'm do everything I can to protect that um, so finding that thing for yourself whether it be the gym whether it be playing a video game whether it be going on a walk, whether it be your dog, different people have different things. And I don't really know what mine is yet. I, I think I found something that it could be. But everyone's so different. And it's that thing that just allows you to settle and be with yourself. Um, finding that, to me, is a tremendous thing. Because when you have your peace, anything is possible. Everything slows down. Everything gets quieter. And you have the opportunity to take a step back and look at it from a standpoint that is not based around survival. So searching out that piece. So here are some things though that have been effective for me and just like just a, a, a reset um, and some ownership. So I know some of this shit is out of books, but I've heard it from different people. I don't know what books some of these things are from, but Basically, there's something out there that's impactful and is worth saying and is worth hearing. It's probably in a book at some point. So, um, everything hap that happens to you is on you. Like everything that happens to you is your fault. Everything that happens to me is my fucking fault. And the successes that I have, that's on me. The failures that I have, that's on me. When I allow somebody amazing in my life, that's on me. When I allow somebody stupid in my life, that's on me. You know? Um, if I get in a car accident, it's on me. Whatever may happen, it's on me. Because when it's on you, you can control how you respond. There's nothing in your life that is going to happen that you cannot control how you respond to. So you just take ownership of that and say, you know, that's on me. It's a it's a reframing. Like, it's taking genuine control of your life. Like, yes, for sure. There are some things that you just simply cannot control. But... You own it no matter what. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. Not everyone has the nuts to do that, though. Nothing, though. Nothing that anybody does to you. This is a four agreements piece. It's not personal. Nothing is personal. Okay, so the bullshit my ex-wife pulled, it's not personal. She has her own demons. She has her own shit. She has her own mental health stuff. She has her own shit going on. It is what it is. Does it hurt? Yeah. Is it personal? I'm not going to allow it to be. Very well may be, but to me, I'm not going to allow that to be the case. 
this is not worth it. That situation is not worth it. That person is not worth it. And I am. So, no matter what happens to you, you can adapt. No matter what happens, you can adapt. You can find a way. It's insane to me sometimes how simple of a conversation can completely change somebody's outlook. I, I have people like, hey, man, I cannot figure this out. Um, you know, I, I'm training on these days and I just got a new shift. And they, they, they changed me. So now I start three hours earlier or three hours later and I work three hours later. I'm like, I just don't know what to do because I can't do my workouts. So I'm like, all right, well, let's write down your schedule. Okay. And then it's like, all right, well, where do you have time? I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, what do you have right here? You start work at 4 PM. Now, what, what are you doing from the time you wake up until like one Well, nothing. Well, uh, well, if you start work at four, let's say you need to leave your house by three thirty. Probably need to go home and shower. So let's say you need to be back at your house by three. It takes you fifteen minutes to drive to your house from the gym. Two forty-five is going to take you two hours to work out. Twelve forty-five is going to take you a half hour or fifteen minutes to drive to the gym. Twelve thirty. Leave your house for the gym at twelve thirty. Can you do that in this day? Yeah. All right, then you repeat that process three fucking more times. And you just figure out something very, very, very fucking simple. Or when people are like, I cannot afford an extra $45 a month. Like, All right, well, what do you make hourly? Uh, I make like uh, $15. All right. What is 45 divided by 15? That's three. Okay, well, over the course of four weeks... Could you add 45 minutes one day a week to offset that $45? Oh, yeah, I guess I could do that. Is your boss asking anybody if they want to work overtime? Yeah, all the time. Why? Bro, shut up and go ask, like, go jump on that opportunity to make that extra $45 fucking dollars. Because it's not hard. Stop. Living trapped in a goddamn box. And be creative for a second and be like, oh, can I make this work? Just go make it work. Figure out a way to make it work. And if you need help with that, give my ass a call. Because I will do that. You can adapt to damn near anything that happens in your life. I know a guy, my dad used to sponsor him in motocross, supercross racer. He was a fucking badass. Well, he bailed off like 45 feet in the air, whatever it was. He's hitting a triple on a supercross. And dude ended up having his leg cut off. Guess what? Motherfucker still races motocross and enduro. He kept racing professionally with one leg. There are guys out there that race professionally with one arm. And now he is racing Formula One and Baja Series and all this different crazy shit. After he lost his leg, racing professional supercross, he continued to do it without a limb. Man, figure it the fuck out. It is insane. Like, it is not that hard. Take ownership. Figure it out, man. Because um, it's not supposed to be fucking easy. If it is if it is that easy, it's not worth it. Everything worth it. I mean, some shit is easy. Some shit is easy. But damn, bro. Like, some of that hard shit is fucking worth it, man. Go get it. Um, so, 
but with this shit, like sometimes it piles because it comes in waves of three. That's what I've noticed. Like waves of three. I know it's coming to you. I'll, I'll get hit with something. And I'm like, oh god, that was the first one. Fuck. And I swear to Christ, I have anxiety until like the next two things happen. Like, every time my phone calls, I'm like, oh, who died? Oh shit. Uh, did my car cap? Like, what what happened? <laughs> waves of three, man. It's a bitch. It's how it goes sometimes, though. One of the things that I've heard a lot, I have this on my belt. I put it on my shirts. It's something that I have on my profile. And it's something I'm probably going to get tattooed somewhere. It's 1 over 99. 1% of the population is able to do what they are able to do at the highest level because they're willing to do what 99% of the population is unwilling to do. These guys who are playing in the NFL... They're there because they were willing to do whatever it took and what everyone else wasn't willing to do. You have a company that's making millions of dollars or just a life that's fucking unbelievable because you were willing to do what everybody else wasn't willing to do to get that. Otherwise, everyone have it. Okay, so if you want to be in that 1%, if you want to do that thing that only 1% of people can do, you better be willing to do what nobody fucking else is willing to do in order to get there. That shit's hard. But you wrap that around your mental health. Like, man, if that's where I want to be, that's what I got to do. I got to show the fuck up for it. Because I am going to succeed. Definitely. It's not immediate. I am not going to see, succeed immediately. I am going to succeed definitely, though. I am going to kick ass. I am going to figure this shit the fuck out. I am going to accomplish these goals. Since my divorce last year has been fucking hard. Everything that I worked for, my entire adult life, since I stopped playing ball, since I moved home, when my mom got cancer, all that shit, that went in the divorce. I put everything that I had into building that home for my family. And that everything. And when that happened, I... I'm still trying to figure it out. There's been pieces where I'm like, okay, we built a foundation, but some of that stuff, it's a, it takes a minute for the effect to really hit. And I'm still battling. So I'm not, I'm not going to fix it right fucking now, but it is going to get fixed. Cause it's worth it. And I deserve it. And I'm going to get it. And so can you, the biggest thing though, the biggest thing for me, there are people out there that are watching you. There are people out there that depend on you. The example that you set and me showing up for those people means everything to me. I'm not going to let those people down. I'm not going to let me down. I am going to show up. Even on days I don't even want to be alive. So that happens. And that is what happened. And I'm, I'm not sitting here in a situation where I'm like, oh, I, I want to fucking kill myself. I'm going to kill myself or anything like that. But there are days where it's like, man, I am tired of fighting today just to fight again tomorrow. I'm tired of surviving just to survive. And shit gets hard. But it's going to get better. We're going to continue to work on it. We got each other. We're all going to kick ass with this. So if you guys have questions on this, if you guys need a conversation, like reach out, hit me up. My DMs are messed up right now. I can't actually message anybody, but I will message you from Business Suite or I'll, I'll give you my number or something like that. We can have a conversation. 
stuff is serious. And I know even like listening to myself talk, I'm like, man, I sound so much better than I feel. But some of this shit gets me fired the fuck up. And sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. So some of these things that were big for me, where you guys can just see and hear how I feel, man. Reminding yourself of these things sometimes, it's just a reframing and it helps you get right mentally. Find that shit that means something to you. Find somebody that's going to push you. Find somebody who's going to make you level the fuck up as a human. Find people in your life that are worth it. And uh, fight your ass off for that. So, man, if I can do this stuff, anybody can do it. I'm not I'm not that talented. I'm not special. I just show up and I don't know when to fucking quit, to be real. I will sit here and fucking smack my head against the wall all day long. Until I get done what I need to get done. I'm not going anywhere. I don't know how to go anywhere. But I don't want to feel like this anymore. So I'm going to take the things that I need to. I'm going to adjust them. And I'm going to set myself up for a better quality of life. If I got to trim the fat on certain things, I'm going to trim the fat. If I need a reset or a reorientation or a reframing, I'm going to get that. I deserve that. And I'm going to set myself up for every success that I could possibly have. And for me right now, kind of seems like a little bit slower paced life, a little bit more specific, intentional direction with my work and allowing more people to have a little bit more ownership of certain things. Otherwise, those things are just going to go away. And to uh, just really prioritize what means something to me, what doesn't mean as much to me. And what am I doing simply because I feel like I have to versus what I want to. Because I'm tired of doing things for people. Because I feel obligated to not let somebody else down. Because more often than not, those people who you were concerned about letting down, don't give a fuck what you got going on take care of yourself first and foremost and then everything else will come I have not figured out how to do that yet but I am working my ass off towards it and I'm going to get there so I hope you guys get there too because some of you guys you guys are going through this shit also and uh, we're all here together man we're all here together don't hesitate to reach out to me you guys want to reach out, you guys need a phone number, things like that, I make myself available for that. I make myself available for people who need help, and uh, we'll figure it all out. So, a little bit different conversation today, but I think it's a very valuable conversation, and I am so grateful for those of you who have reached out, the people who I was able to reach out to, the people who have gotten something from the words that I have shared, and have reached out to us. And those of you guys who are listening who don't know how to say something, but you guys are getting something from this, like all you guys, like I appreciate all you guys. We're here for all you guys. Thank you guys for being here for us. And uh, let's just keep kicking ass, guys. It's something we can all do. Something I'm proud to be able to do with you guys. And I cannot wait to see more and more people speak up, 
step up and get the help that they need and that they deserve because there's a lot of amazing people out there that are struggling right now and that's okay but you guys don't have to do it alone so appreciate you guys tuning in i'll talk to you all soon